to C3 Church Hepburn Heights. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. Can we give it up for the youth one more time, hey? Young people in church on a Sunday morning. That's what it's all about. So good. And I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone else that's not a teenager for being here, looking at, look around right now. This place is filled with people from all different generations, and that is what we are part of. That is the church. It is beautiful. Thank you for sponsoring so many young people to come along to festival this weekend, and also for standing with us in prayer. We've seen God move in, in mighty ways in young people's lives, seeds sown that they're going to remember for years to come, 10, 20, 30 years to come, that's going to flow into the next generation and the next generation. So it is beautiful. It is good. And in this theme of Let the Light In Festival, I want to encourage everyone in the older generations beyond their teenage years, you are a light to the younger generation. You are a light to the younger generation. Jesus said to us, his followers in Matthew 5.14, he says, you are the light of the world. Now this light, it's not of ourselves, we're not self-made lights, but it's because we are in Christ Jesus who is the light. We have been transformed by the light into the light. And Jesus says in verse 16, Let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So our good deeds, our actions, what we do, it reveals God to those in the darkness. How cool is that? And back in verse 15, Jesus says, Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl, Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. Everyone in the house. And the house here, it represents our sphere of influence. So our work colleagues, our family, our friends, everyone. And it also includes young people inside and outside of the church. And so we are a light to the next generation. And God is really pressed on my heart with a message today. It's, it's less of a message to the youth, but more of a message for the youth. And this message is a call to the older generations to shine bright for the next generation. And so come with me as we lean into this together. The question I want to dive into this morning is, how do we shine bright for the next generation? How do we shine bright for the next generation? Is it by looking cool like they do and, and buying, you know, 4XL jumpers that cost like 120 bucks and walking around like that. Is that how we shine bright for the next generation? Is it by downloading TikTok or, or Instagram and becoming like an influencer and just showing your whole life, the insides and outs that no one really wants to see, but it's on there. Or is it by talking the way they do? We're going to learn some new vocabulary this morning. So, is it by talking like them and saying things like low-key, no-cap, you're a king, say less on God and yes, sir? That's good. I'm, that's a struggle for me right there. <laughs> we don't shine bright to the younger generations by doing these things. It's not about trying to be cool and irrelevant. Just bring what you have, which is... Unconditional love, care, 
encouragement and maybe a little bit of cash at times. <laughs> it's all good. They don't want us to be cool, desperate people clinging to their youth. They want someone who is self-actualized with some maturity, who can navigate the complexities of this world and still choose to follow Jesus and worship Jesus with their whole lives. And so bring what you've already got. You have something to offer. And it starts with us. So how do we shine bright for the younger generation? Well, first, we need to understand our own formation. Number one, understand our own formation. Author and priest Ronald Rollhazer, he says, any pain or tension that isn't transformed will be transferred. That's a whole message in itself, right? Any pain or tension that isn't transformed will be transferred. Our actions, our attitudes, how we treat others is seen by the next generation and influences them greatly. It's important, it's so important for us to be aware of our own brokenness so we don't easily transfer that onto the next generation. And so my question this morning is what can we get rid of so that we don't drag it into the next generation? Now, I'm not saying we don't have to be perfect. None of us are perfect to impact the next generation. But let's not settle for anything less than the life that Jesus has, has died for and risen for, for us to be living in. And it takes time. Transformation, becoming more like Christ, it takes time. It takes time stepping from the brokenness into the freedom we have in Christ. It takes confession. It takes repentance, wise counsel, professional help, warfare prayer, deliverance prayer, meditating on the Word of God, boundaries, spiritual formation, mental health care, and so on. And so let me encourage you, don't give up. Don't give up because our formation to be more like Christ is for these young people. It matters for these young people. So come on, church. Come on. Can we agree as a people that we will not stop allowing God's love to shape us, shape the way we think, the way we speak, the way we act, so that this next generation will not be, we won't let our dysfunctions flow into this next generation, but it will be a blessing upon the next generation. You know, the fruit of our victories will be tasted by the next generation. And they will taste and see that the Lord is good. Come on. And so let's understand our own formation. Another way we can shine bright for the next generation is by prioritizing the formation of the next generation. This is a, a big responsibility. Pastor and author of Intentional Father, John Tyson, he says to parents with teenagers, he says, we must cultivate our lives around the kingdom of God, not teenage activities. He goes on to say, if we're not careful, we'll allow the liturgies of our culture dictate the rhythms and pace of our lives, and then we'll put everything in the place of God. And we wonder why when our kids leave high school, they also leave God. We want to form countercultural Christian young people who are capable of resisting the disorders of our time. We can't let the algorithm on their phone shepherd them more than God. We can't just send our young people to youth on a Friday night or to, you know, a festival or a camp and think, oh, they'll be fine coming against the everyday pressures from this world. The constant bombardment on their phone and from others on ways of living, on believing, on thinking that aren't biblical truth, that aren't the love of God, that aren't the kingdom of God. It is relentless. 
And so spiritual formation of the next generation, it takes time. And it requires more than us just sending them to youth on a Friday night. There was a, a recent study from a group called Bina Group. And they study, did a study of 12 to 17-year-old teens after COVID-19. So it's quite recent. And there was 25,000 young people part of this um, study. And the stu- part of the study, it focused on teenagers and the Bible. And they compared Christian teens who engaged with the Bible, so they would read the Bible at least once a week, with Christian teens who were open to the Bible, um, so they believed the values in it and all that, but they didn't read the Bible often. And so some key findings um, that came out of this is really cool. It says, uh, Bible-engaged teens have almost double the percentage around topics such as having a close relationship with Christ and living a life of worship. Bible-engaged teens have a more full life, more positive self-perceptions, and more purpose-driven. And there were many insights in this study. However, the key findings that kind of slapped me across the face, it was this. It said, Bible-engaged teens have at least four different people in their world that teach them about how to read it, compared to open to the Bible teens who only have one or maybe two teach them how to read it. And so it is so important that the whole church is getting behind them, behind the next generation. We can't just rely on one youth leader, one pastor. We need to be working together. I love that we are a multi-generational church. It is amazing. But let's not take advantage of it and just sit back. You and I, we all have responsibilities to share the story of God and His kingdom to these high schoolers. It takes parents, mentors, friends, youth leaders, pastors, all working together for the next generation. Thirdly, how we can shine bright for the younger generation, I love this, is by telling the story properly to the next generation. It is so important we tell the beauty and the story of our great God. Psalm 145, verse 4 to 5 says, One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. When was the last time you truthfully told a young person about the goodness of God in your life? Someone younger than you. When was the last time you did that? I remember growing up and my dad, who's in church today, I remember just little moments through my teenage years where we, and still now, where we'll be in the car and dad will just talk about like, you know, he's an emotional man. I love it. And he would share about the goodness of God and, you know, be emotional and be like, God's just so good. God's moved in this situation or maybe it's about someone else's lives, a family member or something, and God's so good. My heart breaks for this person. And I look back at that, and I'm like, wow, that really built into me seeds of the faithfulness and the goodness of God. And so, you know, the next generation, they won't blindly believe or just be swept up in excitement. They want the real thing because they're getting thrown fake things at them every single day. Every, every voice saying, believe this, do this, live like this. This is who you are. So many different voices. And so they want the real thing. And that's an advantage to this genera- generation. They want the real thing. And so let's show them that God is good, that He is faithful. Let's be encouraged. Let's tell our kids about our testimony. Tell them about the goodness of God in your life. Let the light of Christ shine out of us into our house.
Don't hide it under a bucket. It is so important that we tell the next generation about the goodness of God. Can I get the, the keys up? My dad's dad, my granddad, um, he died when I was pretty young. I was about 60 years old. And I heard, you know, older people in this church have told me about my granddad before. And it wasn't until my early 20s that my grandma passed away and we went to clean up the house. And I had a moment where I was able to sit down and read my granddad's Bible, which was really special. And I didn't know much about his life, but I opened up that Bible and I, it was just filled with notes filled with all these, these notes about the goodness of God in his life, the faithfulness of God. And, yeah, I, I just know that I'm living in the answered prayers of my granddad. And the reality is we all leave a legacy. The sum of our lives is the impact that we make on other people. That is what we're remembered for. And so I didn't know my granddad, but just that moment showed hours that he had a secret life with Jesus Christ. And so you and I, we're we a seed sower. We're a seed sower. Every word of encouragement to a young person is a seed sown into their hearts because they feel seen, they feel acknowledged and believed in. This young generation needs to be believed in, not just corrected, but believed in first. Come on. Every example of you worshipping God in church that is a safe place for young people. Or you just being committed to coming to church. That is a safe place for young people. Your presence builds trust and strength into the next generation. And we, we may feel like young people don't appreciate it, and sometimes they may not. They're young, they're immature at times, you know? Teenagers might, may not see it now, but God will water that seed he will use others in this church family to water that seed and it will flourish. Like I remember when I was 12 years old, I got baptized like these guys this morning. And Leslie Sermon, I don't know if she's here this morning. She baptized me in that font and she had a word for me. She said, you'll be a pillar in this church. And as a 12-year-old, you're like, cool. <laughs> Great. I'm a, I'm a pillar. What even is a pillar? And I'm just like, go back to my seat and sit down. That's all good. <laughs> But it wasn't until my early 20s I opened up my Bible and I saw the little note. My mom or someone must have written that down. And I read that and poof, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I will be a pillar in this church. And that's when I was in the youth team and things like that. And so we are sowing seeds. We are sowing seeds. To the young people here today, listen to the words of encouragement from the older generation. Just their little bit of gold. And maybe they're not speaking to you, but who, what is their character? Who, who do you look up to? Who's an older person you look up to? Their character, the way they live. Be encouraged by that. That the older generation are pouring out encouragement to you. It is important we tell the story properly to the next generation. John Tyson, he says, it's like we're in a relay running race. Has anyone done a relay running race before? Yeah, they're tough. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how well you've run. In a relay race, the moment of transfer is the danger moment. You can be like Usain Bolt saying, I ran this at 7.2 seconds while looking sideways with a grin on my face. But if you drop that baton, 
It doesn't matter what an all-star runner you are if it doesn't get in, into the hands of the next person. And it doesn't matter how much we know about God's Word and His goodness in our life if it doesn't get to the hearts of the next generation. The transfer moment is the danger moment. And we are in a transfer moment. God is entrusting us in a moment for the next generation. Don't miss out. You know, I walk into to high schools every week. I talk to teenagers every week. And my heart just breaks for them. These young people who are trying to figure out this life, figure out who they are, what they're meant to believe in, their friends, their family, this world, what they're meant to do with their future, whilst living in a culture that is so confused, that's so entitled, broken, searching for truth. And this has led to an epidemic of fear, anxiety, and depression in young people. We live in a hyper-connected world, yet loneliness in young people is through the roof. We, live, we, we have advanced things like technology, science, and knowledge. We're you know, more knowledgeable than ever before. And all these things claim to bring light to the world, yet morally it just seems to be getting darker and darker. Just turn on the news weekly to see mass shootings in America with young people. Corruption, wars, abuse, injustice, mental health crisis, environmental crisis, the list goes on. Technology, new government leadership and policies, science, knowledge, these, these things are not truly delivering what young people's hearts desire. It's only illuminating their incapacity to replace God. In a world that can seem so dark for young people, they long for light, true light. John eight twelve. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus is the true light that gives life. Come on, church, let's shine bright. Shine the light of Christ upon this next generation. Because it's in the light that there is revelation and clarity. It's in the light there is vision and safety and guidance. It's in the light where there is, yeah, guidance to see the path going forward for these young people. It's in the light where young people flourish. And so come on, church. We want to see a generation of kids who don't repel the things of God. We want to see this church filled with a generation of young people who say, I don't hate church. I love church. The church didn't just go and correct me. They loved me for where I was at in that moment. Come on, the church didn't wound me. The church healed me. This is not just sociology. This is not just religious dynamics. There is so much more at stake, right? And there is an opportunity for us all. Psalm 78, 3 to 7 says, Things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us, we will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, His power and the wonders He has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which commanded our ancestors to teach their children so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. And they in turn will tell their children. Then they will put their trust in God and will not forget His deeds, but will keep His commands. Come on, we're going to pray for the next generation right now. So can everyone just stand to their feet?
Let's pray for a movement of God among these kids. Let's pray a prayer of blessing upon them right now. Maybe you have a child that has turned away from from church. Pray for the prodigal to come home. Come on, pray that they will come to their senses, that they'll see that the Father's arms are open, that He's running towards them, that He sees them and He wants to embrace them. Or maybe you you have a niece or a nephew who's going through a tough time. Pray for them. Or maybe it's a kid that you see in your neighborhood. Just begin to pray for them. And so, Father, we come together as a church right now, and we pray for the next generation. We pray that you would have mercy upon them. Cover them with your unfailing love. We pray that you would take away the fear and anxiety. We pray that we'll see young people who are defined by the peace of Jesus. We rebuke the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And we thank you that you have sent your son into this world to give life. We speak life in their hearts, life in their minds, life in their identity. Show them their value, their worth, their significance. Show them who you've called them to be. Give them a vision for their life. We pray the bold prayer that none of them will be lost. None of them will go astray. Show them how deeply loved they are by you. Show them the cross that nothing can separate them from your love. We pray for an impartation of discernment, the ability to discern the culture that is trying to drag them down. We pray that these young people go further than we have in our wildest dreams. This world is aching for good, godly leaders with integrity and love. And so, Lord, release an anointing upon these young people to go and be a light in this world. Draw them into your presence. Draw them into your word. Draw them into this church family. Father, we pray that we want to be people who pass the baton on to the next generation. And so transform the brokenness in us so that we don't transfer it onto the next generation. Empower us to speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. Help us to forge the example of what it means to have a heart after you, Father. Father, we pray for a generation that is marked by your love, joy, peace, and hope. We pray for a generation that is holy, who cares for people in need. We pray for a generation who doesn't hold back, who is passionate and on fire for you. Father, just mark this moment in our church right now. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Be encouraged. If you can do nothing, you can pray. If you can do nothing else, you can pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more about our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, go to c3hh.com.au.